So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all wanna create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we wanna do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Super excited today, as always. Um, but today's a little special. Back in August, I want to say it was the 14th, 2009, uh, we're, you know, we're starting our Success Summit, and our guest speaker comes in backstage. We get a chance to connect, and it was just uh, synergy energy on steroids. And when I met this guy, I just knew, first of all, a, someone I like, B, someone I can learn from, <clears throat> and then ultimately see like, this is someone that I saw that was going to change the world. And I mean that, you know, like he's going to hear that and say, oh, yeah. meaning the people that get it, get it, and they grow like crazy because of it, myself included. So Gary, this is our ninth interview. Is that um, true? It is. I was actually, my team went down and looked at the list of all the, you know, shows we've done. And the fun part is that show, back in August 14, 2009, somebody was holding a flip video camera. It's unbelievable. It's our shows. It was, also, it was also a very rare moment. It was Mark Sanchez's first preseason game as a Jet. Remember that? That's right. Of okay, do you remember what my team did? Remember they, they set up the, it looked like Upstairs, pump. yes, I remember. It was unbelievable. So I'm really glad to be here. Thank you so much. I hope you and your family are well. Obviously, everybody who's listening, I hope everybody's well. It's obviously... 2020 is a very intriguing uh, year and a lot going on. And I'm really, I'm really happy to be here. Let's, let's rock and roll. Absolutely, my friend. So, uh, so you know, we're doing this, uh, my friends, first, because we want everybody to get a tremendous amount of value. And uh, I'm excited to announce 11 years later, Gary is keynoting the 2020 Success Summit. So Gary, we're pumped to, uh, pumped to have you there. Um, you. But, you know, anytime we get together, I've always got a ton of questions. Uh, so I'm going to just, I want to just dig in and I want to start with, you mentioned 2020 has been a, an interesting year. Um, I think that's an understatement, right? There's yeah. been so much that's happened. I want to know first and foremost at Vayner at Vayner Sports and, and Empathy Wines and everything else you're involved in, what were some of the adjustments you and your company made to make sure that you kept moving forward powerfully? You know, at the highest level, Vayner, Vayner X which is VaynerMedia, the Sasha Group, Vayner Speakers, uh, the Gallery Media Group that holds 1.37 p.m. and PureWow.com. That, you know, Tracer, that, that, you know, the Singapore and London office of VaynerMedia, that was by far the thing that I have to spend the most time on. That's 80% of the world. You know, you know, Vayner Sports AJ kind of runs outside of the Vayner X ecosystem. It's kind mm -hmm. of the only Vayner company out there. Then there's my Gary V brand, which, you know, public speaking is, you know, now starting to go into a virtual world, but has been pretty wiped for the year. And um, the, uh, the first thing we needed to do was calibrate cash, right? right. You, know, you know, our clients going to pay, our clients are going to go out of business. So the first kind of, you know, week to two weeks at home in early March were really about deep 12 hour days of how much are we spending on bananas in LA? Like what are the Uber bills of top executives? A level of granularity that is, you know, not where I'm spending the majority of my time. And so 
that was actually exciting. I, I love to operate, so I kind of enjoyed that. You know, I think the first three years of VaynerMedia, I was in that place with AJ. You know, for the majority of my career with my dad, I was in that place because he is very cross T's and I's and every penny, yeah. where is it going? So that was number one. That led to some vulnerabilities. A lot of clients were deferring payment. We had bank covenants and real life business stuff. So the next step was really going through an HR exercise of, you know, if we have to make some cuts, who would they be? And that was obviously extremely emotional and difficult. And unfortunately, we had to do some cutting. Um, so that was that was the first six weeks, making sure everybody felt safe, not scared, dealing with difficult decisions um, and navigating that and, you know, and, and calibrating a new normal and anticipating. One of the things we did well that is, I think, going to play out here is we projected for the rest of the year. You know, my big fear was, you know, at the time, if you remember, especially in the beginning, it was like, oh, this is going to be a two-week thing, maybe right. four. Yeah which seemed insane. It was like, oh my God, that's so much. And now as of the recording of this, I mean, we could be in some sort of not normal or what we used to know for minimally the rest of the year, maybe into the Q1 of next year. So we made a lot of decisions that were difficult. That was tough, you know, on a personal front, knowing that most of my speaking, I knew some of it would gradually come back into virtual, but that's, a, you know, I basically invest all the way back into Vayner's world because I subsidize it by using my speaking fees to kind of live my life. So that was difficult and something I had to really figure out how I was going to handle that. Um, now it's public knowledge. I was in the process of negotiating a sale of Empathy Wines to Consolation. I had no clue what that was, what COVID was going to mean to Consolation. Obviously, I knew the Empathy model was built for COVID and post-COVID, but you never make assumptions for the other gal or guy. And so I didn't know if that deal was going to die or go forward. Um, you know, Vayner sports, I mean, who knows what's happening with sports. That's so, you know, if our players don't get paid, we don't get commissions. So it, it's been a very wartime general game and the, and the hits keep on coming, right? You know, Black Lives Matter becomes an incredibly important thing for us personally and culturally. And then that bleeds into business with boycotts of Facebook. We spend a lot of money on those platforms. So it's, it's, um, it's you know, we've got a, a very heated election coming up in November. So you can't imagine the temperature of the country subsiding in any shape or form until uh, the end of the year. So right. it's, you know, this is definitely, you know, in the real estate world, because my sister is in Jersey real estate predominantly, and I live in Manhattan, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people like my sister that are busier than ever because people are moving out of big cities and going into suburbs. Then there's people who are listening right now who probably sell real estate in Manhattan and they're probably, you know, COVID definitely created a game of haves and have nots. Right. Winners and right. losers. It's such a unique situation. It's not like a global economic meltdown where everyone's affected. You know, my dad's business, we launched Wine Text, you know, a year ago, and that service completely exploded during mm -hmm. COVID. Sign up for winetext.com if you haven't. Um, big shout out to my dad, but like that business was exploding. My personal brand and my businesses were getting challenged. My sister's early real estate career was starting to grow because of, Jer you know, Jersey action coming over from Brooklyn and Manhattan. So 
I'm sure right now a lot of people listening who are busier than ever, and then there's people who are in pockets in major cities that I, I, I have a feeling. I mean, I, I do think Manhattan's a unique market, but it's a very interesting time. So what did we have to do? We had to buckle down and think. Yeah. So I want to talk about innovation today. I want to talk about pivoting. I want to talk about adjusting, but I'll give you some insight. Ready? So I coach 17 different CEOs of real estate companies. One has 90,000 agents for context. One has 27,000 agents uh, throughout all of Europe, right? So, you know, these are major players in the space. We did a sort of late April, early May survey from, you know, executives to managers. And here's what we discovered. About 45% of every real estate agent took a 12-week unpaid vacation. They, they essentially, they furloughed themselves and yes, some of them were in non-essential markets. There was only a few left at the end. Um, you know, New York, obviously very, you know, very fickle. Um, you know, Hoboken, as an example, where one of my top clients works. Uh, but, you know, places like Philadelphia, where they were completely shut down and couldn't do anything, or parts of Detroit, where they were shut down. And yet, with all of that going on, you're exactly right. It really is those that did the work and those that were in a state of fear. And I, and I don't mean to dumb that's, it down to just that that's, simple, but that's, 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 that's always the case. But yeah. I assume there's micro. So that's yes, period. Of course. Next, I mean, yeah. that's just always the case. Like there is no, there is no success in being crippled by fear and yeah. curling up. Right? right now, do not confuse that with being thoughtful and conservative. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, like I thought it was appropriate for people to hoard cash and not, you know, there was a lot of money to be made in real estate, excuse me, in the stock market in that two week period. Yes. But I didn't deploy capital into it, even though I thought there was some opportunity because it was just too early. I don't like making decisions when you don't have all the information. Bingo. Well, um, do you but, think now, cause look, so we're 108, 109 days ish into, as we're recording this, at least certainly from California in, in a stay at home, work from home environment. Do you think there's enough time that's now passed that we can, you know, have a deeper, more insightful projection into the future? I don't, but I, but I'm also not a macro global economic kind of like savant. And so what I mean by that is we've printed a lot of money. The people that need it most have stunningly spent it. Mm -hmm. um, as of this second, you know, the situation seems really in flux. You know, Americans and humans in general don't have the greatest patience. And right now people are super out and about. And I think we've seen, you know, staggering growth in certain markets and Florida and Texas and Arizona have been well documented, but I don't, but I don't, but I think these are in cycles, you know, yeah. all of a sudden New York and New Jersey looks good. And then I have a feeling come September, they won't look good because now we're good and we're going to go out. So I, I think we're in a real pickle here. I don't think. I don't think, um, first of all, we've created a, a society where everything is politicized. The fact that wearing a mask or not wearing a mask is a political issue is really unfortunate. Regardless of what the right answer is, it means that 50% are not gonna agree. And so I think that we're in a really tricky spot here. I, I'm not saying, well, this is where we're at. I think that the, I think there's a lot of people out of jobs, I think there's going to be more people out of jobs again as a second wave kicks in. I think the fall and winter is is confusing. No, this is I'm I'm personally not in a place of like oh this yeah. is figured out just yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do think that the ability to work from home for a lot of businesses is figured out. 
I at VaynerMedia feel like comfortable if people have work from home now in comparison at scale compared to what I went into this year thinking. So I think there's some things that are obvious, but I don't think that the macro, like, oh, the economy's great or not great, yeah. um, has been figured out. And the longer this lasts, and again, I think knowing this is a real estate podcast, you know, I mean, I think Manhattan's got some real challenges. People are moving out. And I yep. think if this really lasts until next March, you know, you could see people getting really impatient. And, um, and I think, uh, and from work from home, a lot of reasons people like to live in Manhattan is their office is here and they don't like to commute. Well, imagine a world where those individuals only have to come into work once or twice a week instead of five days a week. All of a sudden the suburbs of Manhattan become very attractive very fast. You're, yeah. You're seeing the same thing though in Seattle. You're seeing the same thing in a lot of vertical living environments. Like that's, that's become sort of the new norm. I, the data isn't out enough beyond the stories, right? There's a lot of stories of everybody's going to the Hamptons. Everybody's going to Connecticut. Right. Everybody's going to New Jersey. Everybody's right. going to Florida, but the data isn't out. There's a lot of online data that says the searches are, are massive from sort of these uh, big industrialized cities to out to the outskirts. So we're seeing that leading indicator, but we don't have enough data yet to say with absolutism, people are leaving, right? That's I, right. And I, I think the people that tend to make money in business are the ones who see enough data to make a conviction, right? Like the data isn't, the data wasn't there on social media when I bet the farm. The data wasn't there yet right. on sports right. cards, a funny thing that I've been investing in the last two and a half years, two years ago, but, but, it, but it then showed. The data wasn't there that podcast ads were a good idea. So I'm comfortable, you know, I'm not in the real estate business, yeah. um, but, but in the places where I pay very close attention to, to your point, if you wait too long for the data that everybody understands, the arbitrage is gone. And so yeah. it's going to be very interesting. I, um, I'm very curious on how it's all going to play out. Um, but it, I know anecdotally in story form that a lot of my real estate agent friends that are selling in Manhattan are kind of checked out and taking the summer off because it's real, real, real slow. Yep. And then the Westchester, Jersey, Connecticut, you know, friends, and obviously my sister in Jersey um, seem to be awfully busy. It's you than they've been in a long time, especially places like Connecticut. That state is has historically, at least for the last decade and a half, not done well from a residential real estate standpoint. And today, the $5 million listing that had been on the market for three years is now getting multiple offers. So there's some real data around there. It's, it's really interesting. Um, let's, I actually wrote down for you, ready? Eight yeah. different just words and phrases. Sure. Things, that, uh, things that you know we've talked about, things that I hear you talking about. Um, the first one, you ready? I, I wrote down yep. the word patience. Yes. And what I wrote down was your dad, my dad, us, we're like bricklayers, right? Sort of metaphorically, whether it's building the story of our life or we're building the, you know, the, the castle, if you will, metaphorically, most people struggle with patience. And at a time like this, when I think it's really important, what are your thoughts around patience, especially for young or rock star real estate professionals? You know, patience is um, a true business strength, true business strength, true life strength mm -hmm. that is uncomfortably not cool, which is why I think I got on it about three to five years ago, very loud. Um, 
I think it actually is a byproduct of people's deep need to seem successful to others. Yeah, 100%. And, that's, and you know, a lot of the way I think about homes and other assets or even calling yourself an entrepreneur come from this. I think people overextend themselves across the board on everything from clothes to, um, to homes with a 80 to 90% being grounded in other people's opinions. Right. And I think that when you can eliminate that judgment, whether it's your parents or your neighbors or the Joneses or social media, all of a sudden patience becomes easier. But when you're, when you're living under your means instead of over your means and you do worry about like people thinking you drive a shitty car, you know, then all of a sudden, you know, patience becomes harder. So I think patience actually has a very close correlation to confidence. Um, and uh, I think about that a lot. I, I'm a big, big, big fan of patience. I really am. I think it really, really matters. What do you, if you were sitting with someone today who just like they get it, but they don't apply it, what would you say or do? With I, I think so many why, people get it. I ask them why. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing I poke yeah. with friends and family. I'm like, why? Mm -hmm. and, and, and again, when you have like an hour and a half over dinner and some glasses of wine or three hours in the backyard or, or you work with them and you get the answer over a week, a lot of it comes down to judgment. Yeah. yeah. The, eventually, this, uh, you'll, you'll, eventually you'll get something like, well, my brother has a home in Connecticut or because my dad's been looking or, yeah. you know, Always. All my friends in college are married. You know, like mm -hmm. you're, you're mm -hmm. going to get somewhere eventually to a place where they're going to say something about someone else. And that's the trigger. That's the insight. That's the. That's the hook. That's the hook. That's when I jump in and I'm like, please, please, let's debate this because living your life predicated on that judgment is going to often lead to not a happy place. Like, what do you want? Like, are yeah. you like, I was super content in my crappy apartment in my twenties because it was super close to the store. And I, you know, I liked waking up at eight 30 and being in the store by yeah. nine, you know, like, yeah. like, yeah. you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. The practicality, which most the practicality people, because yeah. I just couldn't hear the noise from the outside, whether that was my yeah. parents, my siblings, my friends, you know, the, the broader world. And that really helped me It helped me be happy. And that's ultimately what I want for people. I want them to be happy. And unfortunately, a lot of people associate, money with happiness and it just it is so obviously not true no. and that's why some of these things like patience have become very important building blocks for me to communicate around yeah. especially I as i felt that more people were following me i started mm -hmm. to convert from you know being flattered to feeling obligated and so i started stretching myself over the last half decade to really challenge myself and figure out why has this worked for me what's working for me and how, and how do I communicate these things? And, and end up being a lot of soft skills and traits that haven't historically been associated with alpha business leaders. And, right. um, and that's, I think, what's been a little bit unique about it and, and has been enjoyable to go through that process. Yeah, people, uh, people don't get that you can have an enormous capacity to care and be a great business leader. Right. That's right. And I think people we, think business is too much dog eats dog, like yeah. step on people. And yeah. I, just, I just don't see it that way. I see the world far more abundant than those individuals. Yeah. 
I agree. Before we're done, by the way, for the people that are listening, one of the questions I'm going to ask you at the very end is, social's pretty noisy. What does a new agent do? What does a crafty veteran do? And what's a team leader do? But I'm going to save that. Okay. Um, the second thing I wrote down is content creation. Yeah. Right? I think there's a lot of people out there that, I don't think, I know there's a lot of people out there that struggle with, I just, you know, A, how much do I post? And B, is anybody going <clears throat> is anybody going to care? Or, or, or the better one is, I don't even know what to post. Yeah. What do, what do you say to that person? Give us some, like, what's some practical, tactical things of like, not just getting over it, but just, hey, how much, in your opinion, should somebody be posting today on all as different much, platforms? As much as humanly possible. I, I, I don't, to that. I, my speaking to that is very simple. It is absolutely the way that people discover people. You're yeah. a person that sells real estate or a team leader, or you're trying to attract people to your brokerage or, yeah. or you're trying to build credibility in a town because you're expanding into that town because you've kind of, you know, you know, saturated your current market and you want to go a little further out of your zone. Um, as far as like what, I'm a very big fan of documenting versus creating. I think when people mm -hmm. think they have to make a video, it's hard, but if they just, you know, give some thought to like, I mean, I would almost, if you just made a video every day and looked at your calendar and just spoke to your day, yeah, it's just, it might help somebody. I think, who are you as a human? I think too many real estate agents think about putting out content that looks professional instead of just being the guy or gal that they are. Like yeah. a real estate agent right now in Kansas City posting that they're excited that the Royals are coming back may actually, I mean, like, you, you know, you know this about yeah. me. I already brought up with the Jets, like, yeah. You know, like the Jets matter to me a lot more than if you had 14 or four years of experience selling homes. And like a, people make, everybody knows this, people make decisions based on people. Almost everybody listening right now had no idea what they were doing when they sold their first five homes. Right. You, right. You learned right. it along the way. Right. And so those first five people were either family relationships, acquaintances, serendipity. Or, lucky. Or, yeah. Yeah. Or likability, right? You're just mm -hmm. a likable person. And that likability might be you're attractive, like that's real life, or you're funny, or you did something well before, or you were the high school quarterback, and you, or your high school friend. Like, there's a million variables that go into it. But as far as content creation, that also goes into self-esteem and lack of uh, confidence slash deep insecurity. Most people talk themselves out of it because they're not confident. They're worried that they're worried about the judgment. They're worried that people are going to say their lighting was bad or that was stupid or it's just fear. Fear is an incredibly yeah. devastating um, energy in the world and leads to so much bad. And, it, and in this very micro version of business bad, not putting out content on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. I mean, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram on a daily basis to not have at least one post as a real estate agent seems to me so stunningly, shockingly big of a miss. It's just a missed opportunity. Right. Yeah. I mean, why did you it, buy it goes up, it, yeah. yeah, it goes up there with like not calling your own past clients in sphere. Do you know what I mean? It goes up there with like not uh, asking for referrals. Like that's how big of a miss. I agree. I, I, I think it's oxygen. I mean, and you can do it a million different ways. Maybe you've become friends with prior clients. You actually ask them, hey, do you want to do a video of like, like, I think story time is something I've been thinking a lot about. People struggling yeah. with making content. I've been thinking a lot about like, hey, start something called story time and just tell stories. Mm -hmm. 
hey, it's Janice, you know, from Remax, you know, like, uh, let me tell you a story. My third house I ever sold. Oh God, what a disaster. I was, you know, like, I think, I mean, it's what real estate agents do with each other when they hang out, right? Story time. So I I, I think that, um, I think that there's a million things to do. You could put, you know, you've heard this. I I think when I was on stage in 09, it was one of my first times saying it, be the mayor of your town, you know, interviewing people, reviewing things, school system, data, putting out a video. I mean, what we were talking about already, like, yeah, if you're, if you're, in, you know, outside of Pennsylvania in the Jersey suburbs, put out a video or a picture that talks about the increase in how many homes have sold in Cherry Hill. I don't know. Like these are, these are all things that are very realistic. I, know this, know this. It is very black and white obvious at this point, a decade plus in, that the lack of social media is leaving out opportunity. Now you may be the cliche 36 year vet You've been doing this for 36 years. You're, you're, you're 58 years old. You are the queen bee and you feel like you don't need it. What I keep reminding those individuals and I've started hearing from them in the last half decade is that's fine, but every second that means you're losing market share. And until the point where it might not be sustainable and unless you've saved and you're in a great place, if you plan on, I would say this, the story goes to, if you plan on working another 12 years, you don't want your last six years to be crappy. And so I, I would say the only individuals that, that shouldn't be required to put out three, four pieces of content a day on social across three, four, five platforms are the individuals who are retiring within the next half decade. Right. And if they sell no homes in that next half decade are in financial stability to have everything they want in their post-retirement world. If you're not one of those individuals, you really need to debate how to figure out how to put out more content because it's every second it's becoming a bigger variable of how people make decisions on who they work with. So I would, uh, I agree. And then I would argue that point. And here's what I would say right now with the average real estate professional being, you know, 57, 58 years old, which means there's a whole bunch like maybe Judy Johnson from Connecticut who might be listening or watching this, who's one of our clients who's 92, right? So here's, I mean, Gary, by the way, hashtag be like Judy, right? Judy's making her phone calls. She's hustling, right? My idol. Um, But here's, here's what I tell people, like when they're in that position, because I remember, remember in 2009, you were like, look, look, if you're going to retire in five years, you can watch me. I'm entertaining, but you know, you're not going to do any of this stuff. Who cares? What I say to those agents now is seven years ago, I started saying agents are going to start selling their businesses. They're going to start selling the trust that they established in a marketplace. They're going to sell their client list. And that gives them a very real opportunity to retire. So I would counter that just with a different insight is if you are that agent and you're listening right now and you're 62 years old and you think, oh my God, I'm already done. And I paid off my house and I own a couple of rental properties. Why do this? I would say, why not extend your brand? and sell your business. How are you gonna do that? You gotta be relevant today, right? It, it can't just be the postcards because now every one of those people, we all know that, I mean, even the US Postal Service puts it out. If you do social and postcards, you get a better response. Like doing by the that way, by to the extend way, for, your brand is and, key. And, and by the way, let there be no confusion because I've A-B tested this to the moon, billions of dollars in media spent through my companies. There is no comparison to direct mail versus Facebook, if you do Facebook properly, they're not even in the same world. 
Hey, it's Tom Ferry. Question, what's your favorite social media platform? Are you big on Insta? Do you love to tweet? No matter where you answer, I'd love for you to connect with me there. All you gotta do is just type in at Tom Ferry and follow and let's you and I connect. I wanna be able to deliver the right content, the right ideas, the ways to help you grow your business, stay fired up, keep moving, be in action and run plays that work and the platform that matters most to you. So subscribe and I'll see you there soon. So Gary, there's no doubt, right? And, and as, a, as a company, we've been talking about, uh, you know, sort of let's call it multi-channel marketing, right? YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, both the content creation as well as the boosting side and, and the direct ads. We, we know, and I think my, my community say, listen to this, they're going check, 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 check. Yes, yes, yep. yes. Yep. Let's, let's, switch, let's switch gears. Um, we talked content creation. Let's talk about innovation. Okay. The thing that I that have always uh, admired about you and and other others, you know, that are that that do what we do, we continue to evolve. I see a lot of people getting stuck. What are your thoughts around just innovation and and reengineering yourself and and getting better, being relevant to your customer? What are your thoughts? It's about not falling in love with what got you there. Yeah. You know, to me, when not if when social media is not the dominant current way to communicate, I'm gonna be thrilled. I feel no emotional tie towards social, even though that's where most people see me right now. Yeah. No different than when I was a wine guy and started doing business content, everyone was confused and this and that, and I'm just like, this is just real to me. You know, if I started doing business content in the late 90s, I would have been the email and Google AdWords guy. That's right. That's right. So I um the answer to your question is don't don't get and this goes back to the postcards. This goes yeah. back to the bench ads. This goes back to being part of the chamber of commerce or email or Google AdWords or Facebook. It's I'm just too scared to not continue to try to challenge myself. You know, I have no interest in, I mean, the amount of people that are going to lose because they're 100% Instagram now and Instagram will evolve right. over the next five years right. and not be Instagram as we know it, yeah. it's going to be very heavy. And so you've got to continue to challenge yourself. We're already seeing that. Look at all the influencers. I mean, I'm not kidding. Guy moves in like, you know, 10 houses down from me, rents this, uh, this ocean view pad and out front. Lamborghini, you know, just it's one hot shot car after another, yep. right? I mean, stereotype. On his door, my son said he had some symbol for whatever his Instagram was like on his front door, right? Like the ego, like I wanted to punch the guy, right? I wanted to walk by and literally scratch his car. I didn't, but you know what I mean? Just like, <laughs> I just see that. Are you ready? COVID hits within two weeks, he's out of the house. Yeah, 100%. I mean, and, We've and already seen way, it. I thought the punchline of that story was going to be that he's actually a TikTok celebrity, not Instagram, right? Like things evolve. <laughs> Things evolve. For sure. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's very, very important to put yourself out of business before somebody else does it for you. Right. And so I, I innovate out of necessity. I test Alexa skills, even though they're yeah. not real yet. Yeah. I look at AR and VR. I look at machine learning. I look at messaging. I've been very aggressive on text platform. Yep. Um, Th you know. Hey, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, so these, these are real things. And so... You know, I, I think that um, I, I just view it again as oxygen, no different than content creation, not getting caught up in what got me here. And so I will continue to look at, you know, every, you know, advertising in esports and, mm -hmm. and Twitch, 
wherever. And, TikTok, and by the way, TikTok's on the cusp of being 30 to 40 year old all day long. And so yep. I could see TikTok being a big conversation in real estate, you know, in the coming months. And I'm sure there's plenty of real estate agents who've already sold a house from a single post on TikTok. And I know that's not the conversation in the real estate world. And so, you know, there, that's just the game. It's always been the game and always will be the game. Yeah. I look at, uh, I look at TikTok today too. There's no doubt, right. It's, it's coming and it's coming fast. Right. And I think, you know, you've had a lot of influence on that. Um, but I look at it like even the early days of Snapchat, right? Like I would use the Snapchat filters and then put that content on all the other pieces. And I see a lot of people doing that today. They're just, they're yep. taking that early stuff we talked about a million years ago, take one piece of content and put it everywhere. Yep. Right. Repurposing it. And I think TikTok makes that and, and very TikTok, good for people. And TikTok may become the next Instagram or it might become the next Vine and Snapchat where it doesn't right. get to that level. Both are irrelevant. It's keeping your eyes on it in case. Yep. Yeah. I think that's a, lot of the, people, uh, a lot of people who are listening right now won on Facebook and didn't go to Instagram fast go. and heavy because they were winning on Facebook. And then that's where they got a little caught because Facebook yeah. organic got eliminated. And guess what? Instagram organic is going to get eliminated. People right yeah. now that get, you know, 100,000 views or 3,000 likes are going to get 30 likes. And, you know, it's just the way these platforms evolve. Yeah. I think that's the whole thing. It's don't be romantic about it. Keep innovating, keep testing, keep trying new things. And, you know, my tribe knows it, it is, it's the combination of it's doing everything, right? It's shooting the video and having that become multiple pieces that you're putting out. It's the written word. It's having, you know, maybe today a podcast or at least audio messages people can listen to. But Gary, it's also direct mail and, and an open house when relevant, when you can do it safely. It's, it's D making phone calls, sending texts, it's smoke, remember the old line, smoke signals. We would do smoke right. signals if it would make a difference. I, I love cold calling. I love, you know, as long as it's respectful, you know, you always try to be empathetic for the other person on the other yeah. end, but a, yep. a cold call is no different than a banner ad that pops up and takes over an entire, you know, right. you know, website or an email. And so like all of it matters, all of it matters. Finding, you know, all of it is better when you build a brand, when it's coming to you instead of you going to them. Um, 100%. And uh, that's what I focus on. Let's keep it going. It's, it's funny you say cold call just for fun. You ready? My little sister's getting married from a cold call. And my grandmother, before she passed, God bless her, at 88 years old, a guy calls and says, hi, I'm calling for Martha. She's like, Martha doesn't live here. He goes, you have a really nice voice. They ended up living together for seven years before he passed away. Cold call. Yeah. I mean, so it's, you know, not, I, not that I'm telling all my clients right now, if you're single, to start cold calling, but literally- yeah, but I mean, Two people look, that are very special to me, a cold call created the relationship. It's literally asking. Yeah, yeah. And, so and, let's switch and gears. And being kind in your ask instead of not. Anyway, let's switch yeah. gears. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's switch gears. I want to talk about um, happiness, okay. right? We, we've, been, we've been playing with it and talking about it. It's been weaved throughout the conversation. Um, I'm this big fan of doing work makes you happy, right? Uh, you know, not giving a shit what everybody else thinks makes you happy contribution makes you happy, learning makes you happy. Um, what are your thoughts? Like, what do, you, what do you think is sort of the, the essence of what makes someone happy? Self-awareness. I think if you actually know yourself, mm -hmm. that's where you can really win this happiness game. I think a lot of people think they want money, but then they realize there's too much pressure in amassing it. And if they have the humility to say, wait a minute, I actually do wanna just live this simple life. 
and I don't have these expectations of my partner or my parents or my business or my boss or whatever it may be, I, I think, I think self-awareness and simplicity lead to happiness. Now, on the flip side, for me, happiness comes in the process of trying to achieve remarkably big things. I don't need to buy the New York Jets to be happy, but I definitely need to play the game of trying to. Yeah, yeah. I know there that about that. myself. I love the process of a yeah. big win. You yeah. know, it's the thrill of the hunt. It's it, what's so weird, and they may seem completely opposite, but they're the same. Trying to buy the Jets is no different than why I wake up at six o'clock in the morning to go garage sailing. The thrill of going to somebody's yard and finding something that's worth 20 bucks and buying it for three bucks and that high of like, this is cool, is super similar because I like the process of waking up earlier than anybody, getting a coffee, yeah. you know, teaming up with my brother or my brother-in-law and like going, uh, ha having in memory that this thing is worth something, like digging in the box a little deeper than the next person. Um, the process. I'm a process guy. Yeah. You know, so to me, I think it comes in self-awareness. What do you actually like? What do you like? Yeah. And, and not making it about things or items you own, but like your actual hours in the day, what is it spent on? And do you enjoy it? And not like judging yourself. I think a yeah. lot, I think a lot of stay at home moms beat themselves up because they want to actually work but culture told them they have to stay home and raise, like there is no rules, right? Like, mm -hmm. like your rules for you. Like there's a lot of, actually I think a lot of people should do real estate. I think it brings, I see a lot of happy people in real estate. They like the action. And, yeah. and for some people they'll make more money in real estate than their job right now in the office. And for others they'll make less, both irrelevant. Are you just happier? Yeah, yeah. I think at the end of the day, essentially, like before this, I was looking at some stats. Um, Dr. Daniel Amen's been a longtime friend of mine. Uh, he posted something recently, 12% of, 12%, so let's call it one out of 10 Americans today above age 12 years old are on antidepressants. Isn't that insane? 12-year-olds. That's like you know, almost your kids. You know, my kids are you know, 19 and 21, right? Like it's an insane thought. I, I don't know if enough people will take the time to figure out what makes them happy. I think they're chasing all the time, trying to figure out, is it this car? Is it, is it this listing? Is it uh, this assistant? I think, I think parenting really needs to be talked about. I think we're, yeah. I think we're parents are more fear-based than ever. Yeah. Um, I think parents are micromanaging their kids too much. We were fortunate enough, Tom, to grow up in an era where we could breathe a little bit. Like, yep go outside and not be watched and kind of like feel that we could stand on our own two feet. I think too many parents are creating fake environments every hour scheduled. Just, I think we're, you know, I think a lot about it is like zoo animals. Like you take every animal in a zoo right now, you put them in the wild, they're in deep trouble. They're I think dead. a lot of, I think a lot of that is happening with children, I think. And I think um, we're over micromanaging things. We need a little more breathing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think we're creating expectations and we need to, um, you know, it's funny, you look back to older generations, college wasn't a requirement, vocational worked for your dad, mm -hmm. maybe your dad, maybe your grandfather's generation for mine. You know, I was Russian, but like, if they were, like, I just, I think there's a lot of rules in place that are not healthy. Um, and I think reverse engineering, just like health, everybody needs to yeah. get a body scan and figure out if cholesterol is bad, if, if they have heart conditions, if they have 
digestive stuff? Is vegan good for them? If it's not, like, well, there is no right answer. I think the same thing professionally. I think this notion of like, I, I'm even worried it's in the other direction now that everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, and boy, do most people, Have most no people clue, should man. not be. It's yeah. a lot of anxiety and loneliness. Yeah. Pressure. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think it's why I talk a lot about spending money. I think a lot of people are actually figuring themselves out, but then are overspending money on things and then get caught. I mean, a lot of people got caught with COVID. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and I will that, tell you, uh, last, last summit, last summit, and I'll go back three summits ago, this has been my mantra for all my clients. No debt, no debt, right? That's yeah. number one, big savings, you with me? Cash flow from something other than your primary business. And, and the number of people that, you know, text me during COVID and said, hey, man, I listened. I'm in a great place. My, you know, I was panicked. I was nervous. But my spouse just told me we have seven years of cash reserves. So we're okay. That's incredible. I mean. Now, the hard part is a lot of people didn't listen. Yeah. Right. And I'm, and I'm wondering, because I'm, I'm, it's interesting, I wanted to talk about, um, you know, money in this conversation and it blends nicely. But and we, I also want to talk about teams. And then I've got one last question and then we'll. We'll both get to our days, but this has been super, super cool. Um, money. Yeah. What advice do you have? I mean, okay, ready? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to razz you. 2015, we're yep. in Palm Desert, California. My yep. client, David from New York City says to you, hey, Gary, what stock should I buy? Yep. Do you remember what you said? I do not recall, but I'm excited to hear this answer. You went like this. You just go, you go, Netflix. Okay, next question. And I watched 1,100 people sit in the room and I tell the story all the time. A third of them were like this, oh, stock market, right? A third went, oh, that's a really good idea. And they wrote it down. And a third of them, including myself, I called my broker, Keith, and said, hey, man, how much cash do I have? And he's like, you got X. I'm like, put it in Netflix. Oh, no, 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 man, it's like 360 a share. I'm like, just, dude, it's my cash. Put it in Netflix. Six months later, 700. A year and a half later, split, already back. I mean, bananas, right? So- I'm not asking. I you actually for a stock recall pick, that, but I, I had to that. give you. I had to give you recognition yeah, for that. I remember that. Thank one. you. Actually, now I think there's a, that's on video. Somebody threw that. At that me. is on video. Um, yeah. I love cash. I will always, always have. You know, one more than cash. I love that I'm willing to live in a studio apartment, and like, yeah. my kids will go from fancy to not. I love that. Yeah. That mindset first, cash second. But yeah, I think I think cash is always good to have some. It just really good. Rainy day stuff is good. And then after that, I mean, look, uh, I mean, this is crazy talk. I can't believe I'm about to say this. Most of the investing I've done in the last 18 months has been in sports cards. I believe that sports cards are yeah. baseball. Card, I mean, I'm buying basketball cards, wrestling and soccer, but like literally the baseball cards of the eighties, what have you, like the market has three to 10 X. Uh, I think it's this generation's art. I think when mm -hmm. people made fun of me on Netflix and Facebook and all that stuff for the stock market, it's happening now with sports cards. Um, I think real estate agents have that love of flipping. So I think yeah. there's probably some listening right now saying, what, please Google, you know, like sports cards, hit the news tab, read articles, get educated. Don't just blindly go into, there's a lot of education needed. Um, but I like, I like cash. Hey, wait, hey that's an important distinction for everybody listening. To, like Okay, the number of times, so I do AMAs all the time on Instagram stories, man, and it's just, it's fascinating. You have thousands of questions answered. The money gets brought up all, I'll get this one all the time. Tom, I've got $2,500 to invest in my business. What do you recommend? And my response is nothing. Save more cash. Hey, yeah. Tom, I'm thinking about buying a building, but it's going to strap me of all my cash. 
but I can move my, my I can move my team there. And I said, you yeah. don't have enough cash, right? Yeah. If you're asking me, you exactly. don't have enough cash. So That's I just right. want to, I want to say to people, don't run it's blindly actually, into it's actually, getting it's baseball actually, cards. It's why I love sports cards. $2,500, you could do real damage. Right. You know, in a year, 2,500 to 25,000 in this market is realistic. And I don't know how to do that anywhere else. I agree. But I agree. it takes 50 hours and really being right about one to three athletes. And that's yeah. hard too. Derek yeah. Rose was on his way to becoming one of the best basketball players of all time. And then he got hurt. Yep. So there's risk in everything. Um, so I like cash. I'm a fan. That's my answer to cash. Yeah. Good. Everyone listening, you don't have enough cash. Save more money. Ever. 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 You don't. Ever. No, ever. It's, it's ever, cash ever, is ever, very ever. valuable. Yes. Yep. And for all those people out there that say you shouldn't have cash, just invest all your money, put yourself on the edge all the time, screw them. Yeah, it doesn't work. No. All right. So let's switch gears. Ready? I wanted to ask you this question. It was really, uh, you know, the question I get all the time, which is, hey, man, social is so noisy. And many yes. would argue today, you know, I talk about scaling trust. It's harder to, to get attention, to get your word out because there's, it's so noisy, right? What do you recommend? And I want to start first with the new agent. Someone is just brand me, new. Me, Your sister me, just a couple years yeah, ago. The answer is authenticity. My sister did a good job and heard me loud and clear just being honest. Like, I don't know shit. I'm learning shit, which made a lot of people not work with her, but gave her some at-bats. It was authentic yeah. and away she went. I think the blanket answer, because I want everybody to hear that is, you know what else is noisy? Real estate agents. Right. There's, a, there's so many real estate agents for every town in America. Yeah. That's noisy. How yeah. do you break through? You were better in whatever that meant. And so mm -hmm. the way to break through in content is to be better. I think authenticity is better. I think people buy from people. So when you talk about going to this high school, people buy from, the, like, this is back to the content. What do you put out there? The answer yeah. is authenticity. If you've done selling homes for 38 years, that's your content. You know, right. that's, you're in here's, a good spot. Here's 30, 38 lessons in 38 yes. years yes. of selling homes. That's right. Right? Like, if, if you're my sis or somebody else, you're just authentically you. And what was her attachment? Her truth about being a mom that was going into the game and a lot of moms that were going into the game associated with that. And by yeah. the way, and that one piece of content hits a person that was a friend of hers in high school and that person's sister-in-law is looking for a home. Like, everybody knows real estate's a word of mouth game. You're just using this content to get word of mouth and whatever you're talking about is what you're right. talking about. I would challenge everybody. The number one answer I would give is if you're a St. Louis Cardinals fan, put out content about that. If you love beer, put out I'm telling you right now, a video review of your favorite craft beer that also incorporates that you're a real estate agent. Let's just go through it. Hey guys, it's Barry. I'm going to review double victory, double Bach, you know, beer. So anyway, uh, by the way, I'm doing this video because I heard Gary be on Tom Ferry's thing and he said, do things. And so I'm a real estate agent. That's why I was listening. Like literally that little line and then you go into a tell, five minute review the of the year yeah. might yeah. literally lead to the, like in the DM. In yep. the DM is like, hey, by the way, I'm moving into this town. Can you help me? Like that's my big push, which is like, what do you put out? If you're new, the journey of being new. If you're in the middle, the journey of being in the middle. If you're 38 years in, the experience of 38 years in. Next, that you're a, sibling of, you have 10 siblings, that you're a, a Brewers fan, that you play video games, that you're the best Monopoly player in, like, I literally yeah. believe somebody saying I'm the best Monopoly player in Manalapan, New Jersey, leads to somebody messaging them saying, let's have a tournament, leads to four new people you meet, needs to one, one home sold. It's literally everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So I actually have taught for years this sort of concept of uh, people should have, you know, multiple parts of their day, right, in their career. So you've got a morning routine and we know the benefits of working out and meditation and all that. And then I say, but you could create content on that. Here, here's this morning's meditation, right? Have you tried? Create a little engagement. Or here's the one I'm using today. What are you using? Then I say, the second part of your day is you got to get the data. So you got to get updated on what's happening on the MLS, the multiple listing service. What are the transactions? What's moving? What's not moving? And I'm like, my God, if you, the number one question agents get asked is, oh, hey, Gary, you're in real estate. How's the market? Now, when they're asking it, what they really want to know is how much is my apartment worth, right? Yeah, exactly. How much is my neighbor's worth? Is now a good time to buy? Is that, and I said, if you're not literally grabbing your phone and just saying, hey, guys, I'm sitting at my computer right now looking at the MLS. Let me oh, tell you 100%. what's happening right now. Or you know what's a good one, Tom? Humility. People love humility because yeah. people don't practice it. So yep. us, back to story time. Let yeah. me tell you about when I completely missed Williamsburg or, right. or why I was wrong about downtown Detroit. Or yeah. let me tell you the time where I, did, I moved to Dallas instead of Austin, even though my instinct said Austin was going to explode more. Like, or when I said no to taking on a little house because I thought it was a big shop, but the person that did is now the biggest agent in town. And it was because that was the granddaughter of this, like, like those are like misses. Yes. Like when I talk about when I passed yes. up and missed 500 million, people love that, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. We talk about, um, you know, putting out the mistakes, right? Here's the mistakes that I made, right? And I'm doing it because I want you to avoid it. Right. Like that's always the lesson, right? And people, we both, the people learn more and they remember more of the mistakes then they do all the successes. The success, oh, Gary, of course, man, he's, you know, of course he invested in Facebook, right? So I love that. But let's switch gears and say, what about the team, right? What about the team who's maybe, they're, they're more of a, they've got a bunch of little brands, if you will, mini brands. I don't mean that by small, you know, just yep. you know, smaller brands inside of the bigger brand, more like a corporation. What should they be doing? Um, well, if they're recruiting new team members, LinkedIn, you know, why? Yeah. Yeah. Um, if they're just, you know, I've always been surprised that little teams haven't done more things like the office. I mean, you're not going to make it a, an, you know, an Emmy award-winning show like the office, no. but I do think banter amongst like teams I've always thought was huge opportunity, Yeah. you know, like, like, um, just little jokes, among, like office joke culture being put out to the world. I've always thought was a huge opportunity. Yeah. Um, memes. yeah, just like, just like, like. Literally, if I'm like, I mean, I do it right with D Rock and with yep. Dustin, with T, with Gary V. Like incorporating your business world into your content, I think is a real opportunity. Um, you know, open out office hours where you can Q and A. I mean, think about how many people have a little six person office, and if they said for an hour we'll answer anything, and all these people coming in that you know might want to get into real estate or business things, just that kind of stuff. Yeah, a local, you know, local, you know, notable. Yeah. Just yeah. saying. By the way, we have clients that during COVID we said you guys should just be doing office hours. Just, you know, open up your Zoom account and say, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, oh. Thursday, from noon to one, I'm just going to be here. And sometimes no one showed up and sometimes six people showed up. Yep. Right? Like, e even if they're dark screen, you can't tell their name. It doesn't make a difference. You're, you know, this is how we attract our tribe, right? Yep. So, uh, so two, two last thoughts. First, Joe Rogan's deal right. as, a, as a podcaster. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, obviously, did you see the clip where I predicted it like cold, like literally no. predicted? Yeah, I, I, no. I was super hot on this. I mean, I basically yeah. saw it as Howard Stern. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, 
podcast behind paywalls and exclusive places is going to be a very lucrative business. And, yeah. um, you know, as a top 100 podcaster, like it's very much on my radar and I'm trying to navigate oh, yeah. options and strategies and would I do that or would I want to stay across all the platforms? Um, yeah. Podcasting's big, man. It's for, it's going to be big for a long, long time. We're on, yep. we're on the move and we like to listen. It's passive consumption. You don't have to focus. You can listen. And I, anybody who's willing to start a podcast should. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. So, so Gary summit yes. 2020 coming up yes. in September. Yes. Let me tell you, cause I'm sure your team hasn't told you the theme, the sort of overarching message is moving forward powerfully. Yep. And, and when I wrote that down, right. One of my teammates goes, dude, that's pretty freaking cliche. And I said, <laughs> yeah, I said, so thank you. Cause that's, you know, that's how yeah. my team and I roll. Right. Yeah. And I said, you know, all right, man. Uh, let's see. Pandemic health crisis, economy, injustices, uh, the most tumultuous election we will probably ever see in our lifetime. Y you tell me, do we need to focus now more than ever? Do we need to contribute more than ever, create content more than ever, market ourselves better, have more empathy, have more patience? Like, I think we need it more than ever. And I said, so I get your cliche point. As soon as I said it that way, they're like, well, yeah, that's the shit you got to get out. <laughs> that's what you got to tell people. I, I knew when we decided, hey, we're going virtual, I was like, I got to bring Gary back. I'm very yeah. excited about it. Look, I'm very focused on the talk because I think everything you just said, yes, and simplicity and focus mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and, uh, and I'm really digging in to, you know, some of the subject matters I want to touch on. And, and I don't know if we're going to have Q&A opportunities because I'd we, love to go. Will. I'd like to, yeah. as much, I'll push you for as much of that as you'll allow me to have because I like yeah. the specifics and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know what I'm excited about? Mm. Your sister Liz being there. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Right? All, all of us being together, you know, I think back to when we were in Miami, right? The first yes. time I got to connect mm -hmm. with her and then, uh, you know, watching her just absolutely soar you've has been, been, you've been. Outside of me, you've been the biggest impact on her career, she says. And so I thank you for that. Yeah, I mean, remember you asked, hey, can you help my sister? And I was like, dude, you have helped me so much. Like, of course, right? What else could I do? So for all my friends out there watching, yes. uh, you know, I, I'm going to assume you or you're listening, uh, you're following Gary. Uh, Gary, man, just thank you, bro. This is, uh, this is like our ninth show. I'm super so pumped. Fun. I can't wait to be together in September. Me you too. know, I know you're going to bring the thunder. And for the people that were wondering, the woman from Dallas, she was walking back because what he was saying it, what, what is it? It's my sort of practicality of real estate and his practicality of innovation and marketing at the time, that was the connection. And I would argue it's even more important today than it was in 2009. And I think we touched on a lot of themes here. So what's exciting about that is I'm going to try to go even more specific in the talk, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is why I want to do a lot of Q&A because I think that's right. I think the best communicator for the next decade is going to be the business winner. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, and I'm gonna try to help as many of you as possible in September, so I'll see you then. Love it. All right, Gary, enjoy right, the buddy. day, man. I look forward to seeing you soon. soon. Love and fam. Thank you, bye-bye.
If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.